Uh, good afternoon all. Welcome to another episode of the Normally Challenged. Uh, once again, we're going to stick to a similar sort of theme as I have been for the last uh, week uh, regarding the coronavirus. Today, in particular, we're going to have a look at um, uh, grieving the coronavirus. Um, what I mean by that with grieving, uh, I'm going to look at the, the stages of grief and just see how that's played out within uh, what we're going through in the world today. Um, overnight in Australia, about 9 o'clock last night, our uh, Prime Minister announced we're going into semi-lockdown. Uh, whilst this wasn't a massive surprise, it probably, the, the quickness of it probably did surprise a few people. Uh, as our Prime Minister has come out and said, no one was taking the, um, the, the distancing, um, the self-distancing measures seriously. Uh, as I've spoken about previously, um, at Bondi Beach on Saturday afternoon, there was something like 15,000 people on Bondi Beach. We're having people where they're having parties, they've uh, had the virus and they've gone out and they're infecting a bunch of other people. So extraordinary measures. Um, like I said, not surprising, but kind of surprising because I think it crept up on everyone. Uh, for myself, I had uh, caught up with my uh, gym owner gym buddy the other day and we talked on Friday and it was like look I've got things in place in case we had a shutdown but look in all honesty it's probably not going to happen uh, within my workplace we've looked at going online uh, but never seriously talked about it and now I think the measure is going to be that this is the uh, way, way we're going so today's been a kind of a weird day so lockdown is at 12 o'clock I was working online today anyway, but went to my normal gym session. After the announcement came over last night, we all had a bit of a group text message saying, let's pump it out, do one last good session. But it was a really sort of odd sort of vibe in there. There was people worried about work. There was uh, people just worried about their own training, their own fitness. There's people obviously just worried about the world. What are we going through? Um, so we got through it and that's kind of it. And I must admit, walking away, I found it quite hard because it's like, I love the crew of people I train with in the morning and not really sure when I'll actually see them as a whole again. You know, it's, it's probably likely that the whole group of us will never sit and train again. You know, a lot of us have been going for six months, 12 months, 18 months and spent a fair bit of time together. So I suppose if we look at the stages of our grief, and we'll go through denial, anger, bargaining, depression and acceptance. I suppose even for myself, there was a bit of denial that this was going to come down so quickly. Um, and it's hard to be critical of a government because we are at that stage where no one knows really what to do. All we can do is look at evidence from overseas to see what is working. Um, but uh, I promise that the thing that disappoints me with him is once again, I wish he had a psychologist writing his speeches because he speaks to the nation like their children. And then who would have thought? The nation acts like children. Uh, as I spoke in yesterday's uh, podcast, uh, I was down at Kira and at the beach trying to do my social distancing, but walk up and the cafes were just full of people. Nobody seriously was paying attention to any of these rules. So did he have to make this choice? Yes. But the way he speaks, he speaks to people like their children, like he's telling off his own kids and he's making you go to your room for detention. This is serious. This is life. And I don't think that style of uh, communication is going to work uh, for anyone, especially when people are scared, you want somebody who's going to be comforting and nurturing and say, look, appreciate these are hard times, but, you know, we need to do this as a country, we need, need to do this as people, we're doing it as much for ourselves as we are for other people. Um, 
think of it, I suppose the concept there of altruism is doing something for others without expecting anything in return. And for a lot of people, uh, this is what we're doing now. We're doing it for the people who are probably more likely to have uh, bigger consequences of this. So we've got to step outside of ourselves and actually um, uh, think about the others and how the effect's going to be in others. So yesterday we talked about the whole concept of denial. Denial being just complete avoidance of the subject, um, rationalizing, justifying why you're doing things for, um, just completely somewhat ignoring it. Uh, I've talked about that. I've seen that over the last probably week or so. Um, there's either acceptance by people or complete denial. Um, coming on to the next stage, um, the anger, the frustration. Um, uh, why is this happening for, you know, who done this? I suppose the anger comes out when we look at the, um, the hoarding in shops and people arguing over things like toilet papers and things like this. It is sort of a crazy concept. I'm sure whether it's tonight, tomorrow, the next day, I'm sure we're going to see more anger come out and play out on the news of behaviours and maybe even assaults, violence, abuse and things like this. Uh, whether there'll be a retaliation against, hopefully not, but from a racist sort of concept against uh, Chinese people. A lot of people have this mix, misconception that this is a Chinese disease. So I'm hoping, hoping not. I think the anger is already coming out of our prime minister and any government official. Um, schools, that was a contentious issue with the school shutdowns uh, in that they chose not to, yet a couple of the states went ahead and shut their schools anyway. So there's a lot of mixed messages going on there. I don't think the general population is believing the story that, hang on, the kids will be safe, but everyone else is going to be a metre and a half away from each other. Um, there's plenty of arguments why kids should be at school. Probably protecting them is not the argument. Uh, if the argument was being that, hang on, we need kids to go to school so parents can still get out and work. All right, at least there's a bit of an argument there, but trying to pass it off as a safety measure, I think it's a bit of a load of shit, to be honest with you. So we got the anger. Anger's coming across at politicians. I hope it doesn't come into our uh, houses in regard to domestic violence type issues. People are going to start getting frustrated. Uh, pubs are cl uh, closed. Um, restaurants are closed. Coffee shops are closed. What else is closed? Sporting clubs, gyms are closed. So there's lots of things that people like to do has been taken away. So there's going to be a lot of frustration and anger that's going to enter the, um, the household as well. Uh, the idea of being isolated just with certain people in a house is going to be uh, tough for a lot of people to cover. Um, I'll, I'll do another entire session too on anger styles. Not everyone has the same style of anger. Uh, I suppose when we cliche it with anger, we always think of the explosive anger, like rah. But there are other subtle forms of anger that people do manipulation, and uh, um, it might be might be as simply as withdrawing. Uh, like it might be a thing that in a house, you know, you take care of certain tasks or roles within the house. You just stop doing these tasks as an act of defiance. So anger does play in a lot of different ways. Um, I know myself. I don't, we've got local council elections this week. I think it's completely insane that they're expecting people to go out in public in this environment to vote via paper. What what year are we in? Like 1985. Uh, surely there's an online mechanism that we can do this by now. So I'm not going to vote. I'll risk the fine, but that's my little stance, my little anger at the government saying, screw you. I'm not going to go with it. Uh, what I might uh, do is take a quick break now and can hear a word from um, 
uh, our podcast provider, host providers, our sponsors, and we'll be back in a minute. Okay, uh, welcome back. I've uh, got a couple uh, couple more stages we want to go through the, the grief cycle and how we're going to react in, to this coronavirus. And again, remember, we don't go through these stages all at once. We go through it at different times. Uh, like a lot of people might have been pre-advanced on the whole uh, anger and frustration part of it, like weeks and weeks ago when we are going through this um, uh, binge shopping stage, whereas other people might only just been hitting home right now. Um, I look at probably the younger generation having nightclubs and bars closed is going to impact their social world a lot more than somebody who's a little bit older. So maybe you're going to see a lot of frustration and anger from young people right now. Uh, as I said, teachers are really starting to get their back up now. And I know uh, the teaching union came out today and said the unless the Queensland government close uh, schools by Wednesday, they will strike. So rather than making waiting for the government to make a decision, they're taking it upon themselves. Because as they say, they're sitting there on the front line with little support and then having to go home to their own families and own friends and potentially infect them as well. So next stage we'll go through is called bargaining. This is where we start looking back at ourselves and start going, well, if only we had have done this or, you know, I've even heard in the last couple of weeks in my own household, you know, just imagine if we had have taken these measures back in January. Um, to lock down the borders so it didn't come in from uh, Wuhan, from China. The reality is if we reacted like that back in the, at that time, even though it was only a couple of months ago, it would have seen as heavy-handed. It would have seen as the government taking control of us and telling us what to do. No one would have taken it. No one would have been happy about it. But we're probably going to look at key moments now and start looking back, if only. What, why didn't we do this? Maybe I could have done this. What ifs can be dangerous for our own mental health, own mental well-being? Um, we've got to, and we've got to go to the stages of acceptance, but we've got to move through a stage of acceptance that we can only change things from here on and our behaviours from this point and even our emotions and how we uh, manifest our own emotions. Only we're in control of them from this stage forward. Um, next stage is uh, depression. Um, Ah, yeah. This, my, my biggest fear about this coronavirus probably is, for me, from my world that I work in, is the, the mental health turmoil. This is going to take on a lot of people for a long, long time. Young people uh, who don't quite understand, like I'm talking, my I've got a two-and-a-half-year-old. She doesn't know what's going on. She's probably upset she's not going to gymnastics tomorrow, but that's about the extent of what's happening. Um, sorry, I just had to go look for her my day at home today. Um, uh, so for her, she's not going to notice, but when you're getting up to probably four, five, six, seven, eight, up until probably the mid-teens, they know exactly what's going on, probably earlier than mid-teens. Once I get to mid-teens, they can probably understand it a little bit more. But that, that age bracket there, there's a lot of fear going on there. They don't really, they know there's something going on, but not kind of what. And I can imagine I was a young kid when the AIDS epidemic came through. And trust me, we were talking about it in the playroom. We were convinced we were all going to die. We were going to catch AIDS. Back in these days, it was so unknown that it was seriously, we thought we were going to catch it off a toilet seat or off a, a light switch. Obviously, we've learned more now, but that's where we're at. But overall, uh, mental health or even mental well-being is going to suffer over the next few months. So what we're being asked to do as a society is isolate. 
isolate from family, isolate from uh, friends, isolate from all the things we love to do. Unfortunately, that's just gonna sort of, that replicates basically what somebody would do if they were depressed anyway, they would draw from society. We're asking for a whole society to basically go do that. So the risk of somebody, whether it's a diagnosis of depression, or becoming depressed just uh, through uh, the behaviours, this is the real issue that we're going to have in uh, weeks and months coming ahead. Uh, if I'm working with a client who's suffering depression, it's like, hey, let's set up a bit, uh, bit of a plan. Let's do some, uh, let's look at your diet. Let's look at um, your physical activity that you do. What are your hobbies? What do you love to do? Uh, we'll get you to see a GP. We'll get you, if need be, on certain medications, or we'll get a psych review or something. So that's what I'd be trying to do. But then we're asking people to isolate by themselves. So one of our responsibilities as individuals, knowing this, we actually got to put our own plans in place to maintain our own well-being. Uh, and again, it is things like putting a, um exercise regime in, putting boundaries in your household, even with your partner and say, I just need an hour a day by myself or two hours a day so I can go do something for myself. Uh, within the confines of if we are isolated to our homes, uh, just so you got that separation, so that individualization for yourself. I'll do a session on depression in the coming weeks as well, because I think that's a, in coming days, because I think that's a huge thing for us to be aware of. We don't want to overdiagnose ourselves, but want to understand what are some of the symptoms and what we need, what we can do for ourselves to work through this. And the final stage is where we get to is like acceptance. We're going to have to come, and when I say we have to, some people maybe will never get to the acceptance. Some people might sit into the uh, anger and bargaining stage for a long time, the blaming stages, uh, the rationalisation, that sort of stuff. But hopefully get to a point of acceptance of, well, this is the way it is. All we can do is move forward within ourselves, but as a society, take things for what they are, learn from our mistakes, but be able to move forward, be at peace with what your bid in life is at the time. And that's going to be hard if jobs are gone, houses are lost, uh, you lose loved ones through this illness, whatever might happen. But we, we're going to have to, as a society, move on to acceptance and uh, learn from our past errors. So, unfortunately, another somewhat depressing uh, uh, session today. Look, I want to be able to work with people to uh, bring us up so we're we still got a sense of purpose and a sense of being in this time of doom and gloom. Uh, Many people have lost jobs. Uh, many people may lose uh, older loved ones. Um, so want to try and build up some skills and some resilience so we can work through this as a society. Uh, once again, it's been good being with you. Uh, this is the normally challenge. You can look at us on Facebook, Instagram, or send us an email on thenormallychallenged at gmail.com. Cheers, guys.